This is the Time Out with Shore Sports Podcast, covering sports on the shore with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Now, here are your hosts, Mark and Mike. You know, I'm really digging this name, Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. And we're about to start episode number six. But before we get there, like we always do, let's talk a little bit about episode I guess at this point we could say four and five. Yeah, that's right. That's you know? right. The two part. We knew it was going to go two parts. We yeah. knew that was going to happen. Yeah, we had that idea, and yeah. it was just out on a boat. This can't be the last time we do that with coaches, mm-hmm. you know. And it doesn't have to be on a boat, but somewhere. <laughs> How some- about a deer stand with Coach McCormick? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just these guys, or, or you know, they just to get them into their element. It really gave us, I mean, Jake was very open with us. He was, and I'm not sure that I've seen him that relaxed with us before. Now, obviously, when I interview him or you interview him, it's coming off a game. So you're in game mode, you're focused. But we got, a, a, you know, a coach that is in the offseason. Oh, there's really no such thing anymore. But, you know, as close to an offseason as you're going to get, a uh, couple, you know, practice uh, not quite underway, et cetera. But uh, you got a relaxed uh, coach who, right, was very open and, with us about sh- a number of topics. And showed emotion. You know, I mean, yeah. who knew that Jake had emotion, you know? <laughs> oh, no, he's got plenty of emotion. <laughs> yeah, just directed that kind of emotion. You know, yeah, you know, but, yeah, uh, but a different kind of emotion, yeah. yeah. A it, sentimental emotion, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it was good to see that um, from him. It was. Yeah, I think he gets a bad rap sometimes, and, and yeah, I, I do needle him. Um, you know, but <laughs> it's because I have, I have a lot of respect for Jake. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, and he's... He's done a lot of good things to try and help all of the kids on the shore, and that's what we try and do. Yeah. You know, that's why we're here, right? Is to put mm-hmm. kids' names out there and and let them be exposed a little bit more for all the great things that they're doing. Yeah, across the whole shore. You know, he posted the other day that on the practice fields they're putting in Bermuda grass. And I just got thinking, and I think I brought this up a little bit, but I I view Jake as a guy that is a CEO of a program. Now, you think CEO, NFL head coach, college head coach as well, but he gets it. He sees the big picture. Again, it's not just I've got 40 players, and here's our offense, here's our defense, here's our special teams, here's what we're practicing, and here's the opponent. There's a bigger picture to this. It's about, you know, all the way down to the uniforms, but the pads, making sure you have the right pads and helmets and good uniforms and community support and leveraging that and finding coaches who may be retired in the era like Coach Herrick at Ocean Pines. It's just it's the big picture that he gets. And some coaches get it and some coaches don't. And also, obviously, the relationship with the rec programs. And that's where, like, in North Carolina has been so good because of that relationship with rec. And what they run at rec goes to the top. But it's the big picture, Mark, that I think he gets. And I see that every day and what they're doing with that program. And, again, some programs get it and some don't. Yeah, and you're exactly right. And I think they do get it. Uh, you know, And there's, unfortunately, some programs, like you just said, that – don't get it, mm-hmm. and hopefully they'll get it at, at some point. A lot of changes to talk about today as well uh, that are forthcoming. At some point, we'll also talk with Nash Ireland from North Carolina High School. He's the athletic director and golf coach there. We'll talk to him about what the upcoming high school sports season is going to look like. It starts tomorrow, and there's a lot to talk about before we even get to there. So uh, why don't we get started with that? 
when we come back right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by Preston Ford. Hey, it's David Wilson Jr. with the Preston Automotive Group. Preston is a great place to buy because you can always expect great customer service when you're buying your vehicle and after the sale. Customers can call me directly on my cell phone at 410-829-0034. We love the communities we serve and we'd love to give back no matter what the case may be. The Preston Automotive Group has been in my family for 40 years. My father has been serving this community and has passed it on to our family to continue to serve you no matter what you're looking for at any time for all your vehicle needs. Whether it's service, sales, parts, or the body shop, Preston's got you covered. Don't have time to bring your car into the dealership for service? We'll bring the service to you with one of our mobile service vans. The Preston Automotive Group is always a great place to buy your car because we have the best prices and the best service after the sale. No matter what you're looking for, we have over 1,500 new vehicles and over 700 pre-owned vehicles at any time. You can always shop online at PrestonMotor.com. And remember, we'll deliver. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by the Edge Training Academy, where passion meets performance. Located in Stevensville at 112 Long Canoe Circle and the Chesapeake Bay Business Park, now offering 24-hour gym access. More information at TheEdgeTrainingAcademy.com. So high school sports start tomorrow. You know, and these kids, what a year this has been. Because if you think back, they didn't get a fall sports season in 2020. Right. 2021, those fall students got a spring sports season, mm-hmm. uh, an abbreviated spring sports season, right. five, seven games. Seven games out of nine. Which, yeah. if you think about it, this year is nine games of the regular season. And then you've got the playoffs, mm-hmm. something they didn't have in the spring, right. for the chance to play for a state title. Right. So I, I think that's cool. The, the thing that you've got to think about is, Mark, think about how crammed things are together this year compared to 2020. Yeah. I mean, not that these kids didn't. In some cases, they had some workouts, but essentially in 2020, they had very little in terms of football activities going on. Right. Uh, and it certainly wasn't the normal kind of you know, football activities in the way they had to conduct themselves with protocols and all that, if they had anything at all. But here we go now. You've got fall sports that happened in the spring, as you mentioned, seven of nine games, and then a little bit of a break. You're running, you're weight, you're weight training, and then you're back at it for summer practice and then you've got a season starting up so everything all of a sudden is cramped in 2021 compared to 2020 um but i think it'll be interesting to see the the development i think for the teams that obviously have a lot of guys coming back that that got a fair amount of playing time of the spring i would think that week one and two you're going to see better football than what you would normally see now for those teams that uh, had a different situation it may be the same old same old where they may slowly start and get better as the year goes on i am looking forward to the football season but i'm also looking forward to the boys and girls soccer season the field hockey season volleyball uh, golf and cross country Um, because these students didn't really get much of a season some schools opted out some schools had covid issues to deal with and they they didn't get a complete season and they didn't get a chance to play for a state title And, and i think because of that i'm looking forward to this year to see what happened because if you recall in the spring there are a lot of student athletes that elected not to compete for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. So yeah. now you're going to have kids joining in with others that did elect to compete. And I think the level of competition for playing time on teams across all of the sports across the whole conference, 
uh, is going to be competitive and exciting. Yeah. Well, you've got to think that for those uh, athletes and teams that had a real chance of making a run, maybe winning a state title that they didn't get an opportunity at, for those coming back, you would think that they're going to be uh, even hungrier and having even more, maybe even a chip on their shoulder that, man, this was taken away from us. We're going to do everything we can and then some because this opportunity, as we know, can just vanish like that because of certain circumstances. And, you know, COVID was a rare one. But uh, you've got to think that players and teams will be even hungrier. And that's going to be interesting to see because, you know, you feel for those that now are looking back and graduated and said, you know, what if? I never got that chance. Man, we had the team to go all the way. Or individually in sports, you know, I I think I was good enough where I could have gotten a state title or competed for it and never got that opportunity. When you look at football in particular, we don't know what we're going to get. Easton finished their year 5-0. They went unbeaten and proud of it, as they should be. But they lose Ryan Mm O'Connor. They lose Jaron Winters. Uh, they lost a lot of kids. Grant Copper, Nate Book. You know they got to replace all those kids. Yeah. And yeah. you know they they do have another O'Connor kid coming in to play quarterback. Well, I hear he's pretty good. Yeah, we hear yeah. he's really good. Yeah. You know, but <laughs> a, at the same time, you don't know what you're going to get. What What are we going to see out of North Carolina, Queen Anne, Ken Island, Decatur? Uh, you know, J.M. Bennett. There's a team that if when you look last year. They surprisingly struggled to me. I, I expected Dustin Mills and his team to do a lot better last year, but they struggled. And I don't know, did they struggle because the talent just wasn't there? They had people that didn't come out because now it's a new season. Are, are we expecting more out of J.M. Bennett? Yeah. Well, I think in that case, there was a lot of inexperience. You had guys playing high school varsity ball for the first time right. ever. And I think that showed a lot as well. And they are going through some changes and some further rebuilding in that program from a couple of years ago where they had a lot of success. But again, I think it goes back to the situations that teams were in. Teams that had maybe sophomores and juniors then they didn't have to worry about playing the seniors as much uh that got really good experience that are now coming back uh those are teams you expect that that ought to hit the ground pretty much running early on for the teams that were senior laden that played a lot of those seniors uh and maybe the younger guys didn't get as much an opportunity yeah again it'll be a situation where they may end up starting slow so i think it just depends on their makeup from earlier in the year but certainly for teams that have guys coming back mark I mean, to have the quick turnaround, that's got to be a huge that's got to be a huge help because a lot of this you would think for the most part is still fresh. Yeah, there'll be some rust early on, but in general, the the muscle memory and all that ought to come back really quickly and the familiarity with the scheme as well because it's a quick turnaround and that's huge. And I know when I played spring practice in private school at Calvert Hall, to have that to build on in the summer, let me tell you, that was invaluable. Yeah, it, it really is. You mentioned the scheme and what have you. We've got some coaching changes. We'll talk about that next. Sports have an impressive host of social, academic, and physical benefits for teenagers. Despite these benefits, research shows that teen athletes are at a higher risk than non-athletes for certain negative behaviors. Experts believe the social culture for certain team sports influence participants to drink. Now is the time to take a step back and recognize that athletes are human beings above anything else, 
and their mental health and substance use must be addressed in a positive and understanding way. Through listening and validating, you can help create a safe space for your student to talk openly about the risks of substance use and abuse. Create a judgment-free space for your child to share their feelings and their thoughts. Ask questions in regards to substance use. If you suspect your child is consuming alcohol or other substances, reach out for help. For All Seasons is a community resource offering therapy and psychiatry to children, adults, and families. Call 410-822-1018 for more information. This Mental Health Minute has been brought to you by For All Seasons, the Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center of the Midshore. Queenstown Bank combines traditional community banking with the conveniences of modern banking technology. Visit their branches in Queenstown, Easton, Chester, Graysonville, Stevensville, Centerville, Churchill, Ridgely, and a loan production office in Cambridge. Queenstown Bank, member FDIC, an equal housing lender. Time out with Shore Sports, presented by Preston Fort, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and we're talking today. Coming up just a little bit, we're going to be talking with Nash Ireland, the athletic director from North Carolina High School, uh, talking about what high school sports across the shore on the Bayside is going to look like this year. Masks, no masks, that kind of stuff. And mm-hmm. is it is it mandated by the school system? Is it mandated by the Bayside? You know, the superintendents, what, what the case may be. But there are going to be some coaches changes this year. And uh, we've talked about longevity in the Bayside. I kind of feel like Al Waters at Queen Anne's, he got he got a free pass, so to speak, because they played, you know, five games, I guess it was, that didn't really matter. I mean, in in a season, it was five scrimmages. And so he's he's a new coach, but he's not a new coach. He's he's got a He's got a half a season under his belt. Yeah, and it's a unique situation because he had coached there as an assistant and was a former player as well for so long that even though, yes, it's technically a new head coach at Queen Anne's, he's really an extension of Donnie Grafe and all that Donnie did over the years. Now, the offense is going to remain and has remained that, that spread zone read option, but that's one change I would say, Mark, where – I don't necessarily really view that as a major change at Queen Anne's. I think in general, what they've done there over the years, that stays, that tradition and, and you know, the, the hallmarks of that program for the most part, that'll stay intact because um, Al was there for so many years coaching under under Coach Grave. But you're right, you know, you've got a change at Kent County uh, with Coach Aiken, uh, who I think did a nice job, had a lot of young players in his, in his first season there. Um, we've got obviously a change uh, down the road from Easton to Cambridge. Yeah, we're getting ready know. to get into that. You yeah. know, I mean, because you have Aiken, who also got a pass, so to speak, and I, I think he has the ability to do good things at Cambridge. Um, we haven't confirmed he's coming back this year because we had heard. Well, you mean at Kent County? I mean, Kent yeah. County, yeah. because we had heard that maybe he wasn't going to be there this year, but hopefully he is going to be there. Um, you know, and I guess we'll find out tomorrow. Well, we? I think that was some confusion when we talked with Jake last week. I think that was some confusion because the gentleman prior to Aiken had taken right. the job and then left, and then they had to bring Aiken in. So right. I'm, I'm almost positive Aiken is. But, yeah, we'll double-check well, that, of course. Yeah, absolutely. With practice tomorrow. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and then, of course, you get down yeah. Snow Hill. Yeah, they had uh, uh, the same guys coaching this year. And that you Dietrich know, Downing. Yeah, with Dietrich Downing. But he had an assistant 
that has a lot of experience. Well, uh, yeah, I don't think a lot of people know that Todd Apple, the former Fort Hill head coach who won right. numerous 1A titles right. and even sent a player recently to the NFL, Todd Johnson, who had a great career at Maryland and then uh, got drafted by the Detroit Lions, if right. I'm not mistaken. Uh, Todd Apple is on that staff. Now, you know, what happens, you know, it's interesting because you have a guy with that pedigree um, and all that experience and such, and you kind of wonder of that dynamic on the coaching staff. But, yeah, that's a heck of a guy to have on your staff right. um, to be you know, to be assisting your, your team and your program. And, of course, Ferragamo's back at Kent Island. You, you wonder how many years, you know, but right, how, that's many, a how many big more question years mark he's going to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. And uh, you you get James Jackson, who had at, his first year at Colonel. At Colonel, right. A, did a nice job. Coach. Did yeah. a nice Nice job. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. And uh, so he got a pass, so to speak. And he was an extension of Dan Magnum because he was on that staff. Right. So, again, a new head coach, but a guy that had been there. So, in some cases, yeah, new head coach. But since you've got assistants being elevated, it's not as drastic a change as might be the case when you bring somebody in completely from outside of the program. Yeah, then you got McCormick and Company at North Carolina. I say McCormick and Company because it's Joseph and Ward. They're, right. they're a three-package deal there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you've got uh, uh, at, at Easton McGlinchey's there and with yeah. his staff, um, and I, I think that's pretty pretty solid for a while. I don't see anything majorly changing there. Yeah, yeah. Decatur's got Coleman, Parkside's got Riley, uh, Taylor right. at Y High. Right. You know, Snow Hill. We talked about. Yep. You know, Washington. Washington. Yeah. You know, who knows what's happening there because. They opted out of the spring season, but I would imagine Washington football will fire back up tomorrow. Yeah, and and the issue there in a lot of it was not as much necessarily players opting out because of COVID, but grades issues. Yeah, that was a big problem in talking to coach there concerning that, and it's disappointing because he he felt like he had some pretty good talent that would have uh, would have competed pretty well um, in the spring, but that obviously didn't happen. And right, and, and you look at it now, Coach McCormick and Coach Riley. They're the long-standing coaches in the league right. now, because you know Grafe is gone and Bob Knox is gone, and you know we, of course it's been a couple of years now, but Coach Sofanowski's gone. Um, so but it's, he's helping you know, Ferragamo out, and Ferragamo's true. been at it a long time. He's just uh, yeah. across the bridge. Yeah, that's true, and he had been a part of the staff prior to taking over as head coach. Yeah, and, and yeah. then talking about uh, people that have been at it a long time. Cambridge has a brand new coach. We announced that last week on the show. We did. Toby yeah. Peer, yeah. who was at South Hagerstown, right. with him taking over that program. Mm-hmm. There are some changes, and you have to wonder, you know, and you come in, you, we talk all the time, especially you, about, you know, the uh, the heritage of the team and, and the, uh, the traditions mm-hmm. of the team. But at the same time, I think Toby comes in, wanting to establish his own traditions and his own culture and put his stamp on the program. So it'll be interesting to see how all of that plays out, too. And it was interesting because when Coach Coleman took over, the way he made it sound was that it wasn't as smooth a transition for him initially as you would think being a Cambridge grad, having played under Coach Fleetwood. It sounded like he kind of had to find his own way to a certain extent, and maybe because it was his age, as he admitted, you know, being the youngest head coach in, in Maryland High School at that point uh, among all the schools, maybe that was part of it, and said there was some skepticism there. But it was kind of interesting with that. So you're right with Coach Pierre. He's going to want to uh, establish his own thing. You would hope that it's a healthy balance. You know, 
know, you come into a program with history and tradition. You want to keep as many many of those traditions and things on game day or leading up to game day or throughout the year um, and recognizing the Hall of Fame that they have. Those things you want to keep. Now, obviously, schematically, um, if you feel like it, with the players you can come in and change it and you still be successful, then, hey, so be it. We talked about coaches, you know. I think if you're a smart head coach coming into a new program, you do want to take a look at the assistants. And even though a lot of times, oh, this is a no-brainer, we're just going to bring our own guys in and, and we're going to clean house. Well, yeah, but clean house from a successful program, I think you got to be careful in taking a look at your assistant coaches and saying, well, maybe this guy can be really beneficial to us. He knows the conference. He's been successful. Maybe we retain him. Maybe we retain this guy here. And then the rest of the staff is my guys. You well, know? I can so. tell you. Uh, Easier said than done, though. Their defensive coordinator, Coach Ote, will not be back this year. Well, and that was that was the gentleman. That was the coach that we were talking about as to week, I think yeah. he at least should have gotten an interview, which he did. Right. There was a meeting, and obviously it was decided however it went down, whether it was mutual or whether it was Eric or uh, whether Coach Peer thought at the end of the day uh, it's just not going to be a good fit. Um, but at least he did get that opportunity to, to talk things out. But that we were saying that he, he definitely deserved that. Um, and Coach Parker, give him a lot of credit for coming back when he had uh, career aspirations outside of football, outside of coaching. But he came back to hold down the fort for Cambridge for a year. And, uh, you know, hopefully it'll be a smooth transition for the Vikings. And looks like they've uh, they've hired a pretty good coach and, and a staff there. Absolutely. There is also a, a coaching change in girls' soccer that we now know about as well. And that's uh, uh, Megan Joy is the new girls' soccer head coach at Easton High School. So uh, as their former head coach stepped down to spend more time with uh, her one-year-old son, which I can certainly understand that. But, uh, yeah, a lot of changes yeah. and, and a lot of things to look forward to, uh, you know, out on the fields. Of course, they, they have the heat acclimatization period that they've got to go through, and, and then they can start gently working in the pads or the, uh, the for field hockey, the goalies in their equipment and all that good stuff as yeah. well. But I, I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. I mean, this is uh, this is what we love to do. And again, it's about the kids. And yeah, the first game cannot come fast enough. Although I don't want to wish the rest of summer away, Mark, because we'll have plenty of time for games and fall and winter and all that coming up uh, as now this is a year round venture. But it is uh, it is exciting. And again, for the teams to bring back players that uh, played the spring, I'm really interested to see how they look week one. Did you know one in five youth live with a mental health condition? For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center offers the highest level of mental health care to children, teens, and adults. Our therapists provide counseling for everything from depression, anxiety, or addictive behaviors. Our psychiatrists offer medicine-based treatments, and our victim advocates provide support for survivors of sexual violence. For All Seasons is here for you. Visit www.forallseasonsinc.org. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. 
Boy, a lot of changes that we've talked about, a lot of things going on. This is Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by Preston Ford, Mark Potter, Mike Bradley. And one of the things I like about us doing this podcast is we can take it anywhere we want. Yeah. You know, and, and we've done that already. We, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, here we are. This is episode number six. And, you know, f- as we get closer to the season, uh, we're going to change our recording time so that we can recap the games from the weekend. And, and you, you're you in tune with college and you're in tune with pro. So we'll mix in a little bit of that yeah, as, yeah. as we go on. And you, you're, what, a couple of weeks away from having your first power poll mm-hmm. and how teams Preseason, are gonna, You're probably already working on it, looking at old tape. <laughs> I've got, yeah, well, I've got, I've got some thoughts for sure and going through actually uh, old uh, articles and things of that nature and putting together, you know, teams who's back, who's not. And, uh, yes, you're right, because we've taken another step here with the streaming of these games, uh, the ability to see it firsthand. You know, as it's happening, along with your calls that we have on the radio with you and Matt Griffith, and and to be able to look, it's it's come a long way. It really has. And I'm looking forward to seeing which schools keep that stream. Are are they going to keep right. doing it? And or will they charge for it if they and keep I it? I hope yeah. they do because I think it will be beneficial, and and it's more exposure for the kids. We're going to be adding another person to our uh, broadcast team mm-hmm. this year. Uh, he was in the backfolds last year. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, it, did a good job it, for yeah, me. And, yeah. uh, you know, Zach O'Brien's going to be, you know, hanging out with you some on uh, the studio show and uh, probably even hosting a studio show uh, on his own coming there up. There will be a need for that, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and and this, this is not a transition. This isn't me going off into that uh, gentle night. Right. But uh, we just uh, – some dates where we have some conflicts, and it'll be good. It's always good to have a backup. Yeah. And always – look, I, you know, I was given – blessed with the opportunity that you gave me here to have somebody else get a chance to do this, get it on the resume, and experience this for themselves. Right. I think it's a great opportunity. Absolutely. Looking forward to hearing him do that. Uh, as I'll be chasing parents' weekends in September. Yeah, and how about that? And, you know, I think that's going to be interesting. And, in fact, we haven't talked about this, but we could probably do at least a segment within a podcast of your experience on college campuses and the sports aspect there. Because, look, Mark, we've talked about this a million times. Sports is the front porch to any institution. Your kids are going to Alabama and Virginia Tech. Yeah. And when you think Alabama, no doubt you think fo- you know think football. Absolutely. And with Virginia Tech, now, you know, Justin Fuente took over for a long time Frank Beamer's head coach, right. but for somebody my age uh, who's 41, uh, Virginia Tech also football comes to mind. Frank Beamer had a heck of a run there through the years, did a heck of a job there. So those are the front porches and Vatech has a, a really cool tradition of Blacksburg, you know, in, in the players coming into the stadium and so anyway, you could probably give us a lot of insight on what it's like to be on a college campus um, especially leading into football season well you know that those two stadiums have been on my bucket list I've always wanted to see a game at you know at Denny Bryant Stadium yeah. I've always wanted to see a game there and, and that's that's Alabama that's right Alabama right. And, and I'm gonna get that opportunity on Saturday September 25th are you really yes I did not so you're going to a Bama game yes I am no it, kidding who be, do they play that it'll weekend? be parents weekend nice and I get to see them whoop up on Southern Miss so, <laughs> which will be better than their game against Mercer. So, uh, yeah, but of course we know that that's one program that doesn't necessarily need to play tough non-conference opponents there. Right. Now, do you get tickets as being a parent? How did that work? Well, I did 
didn't wait for that opportunity. I jumped the gun and went and bought them on StubHub and paid a lot of money for three, uh, for wow. three tickets. So I was going to say. Now, my daughter, she's yeah. got, you know, it's funny, we're talking about college programs. Yeah, how does that work with your, with your so daughter? As yeah. a freshman, yeah. uh, and they do this for all the students, you can buy tickets, but you can buy a three-game package or a four-game package. She bought the three-game package because in the four-game package, it includes uh, the uh, uh, the game against Southern Miss. Mm-hmm. So she got Mercer, LSU, and another one. I wow, think Ole LSU. Miss, wow. Ole Miss. Well, and Ole Miss, yeah. I mean, that was a heck of a game yeah. last year. But, wow, that's that's good. That's then, awesome. So she yeah. bought that, and I think yeah. that was, for her, it was like, I don't know, 7500 bucks. okay, mm-hmm. for her to get those three. For Virginia Tech. No, those just three tickets, or that's a th- it's a six in total. No, that's three. Just tickets. three. That's wow. Student tickets. So, <laughs> so she'll go with her uh, sorority, or if she's in uh, a sorority, or friends, uh, or whatever, and sit in the student section. Yeah. For Virginia Tech, in previous years, when my son was there, my oldest son, he graduated in 2012. There, freshmen couldn't buy tickets. Season tickets. They had because they were that in demand. Yeah, right? they yeah. had. They yeah. they were in a lottery system. Okay. So, you know, you put your name in and you may or may not to get to go. Well, they, they've taken such a tumble that uh, they uh, freshmen were allowed to buy season tickets. If you were a, a returning sophomore or older, you got to buy them earlier. And they also offered up basketball tickets so you could buy the, the package for like 250 bucks. You get all the home games of mm-hmm. basketball and uh, football. Nice. So nice. Yeah. my son missed out on that because he's not. You know, a returning sophomore. He's a freshman. Freshman. So uh, when they open it up for freshmen, he did get season tickets. It's 150 bucks is what it cost. So for a game, no, for the season. So he gets 125 dollars. All right, and then a 25 dollar student ambassador pass. So the student ambassador pee is it's it's a donation to the student to the athletic department is what it is. Okay. So yeah, for 150 bucks. He's got tickets to all the games. Nice. And he's looking nice. forward to Virginia Tech against number eight, North Carolina. Yeah. On September 3rd. Look, Carolina right now, that's that's a, a heck of a program. Mac Brown has put together yeah. in three years at the, in the ACC. And uh, that's, and they, that's big time. They've got a first-round quarterback. Uh, playing for them, according yes, they to do. my son. Yes, they do. Yeah, so, yeah, he's going to yeah. be a big high draft pick next year. You're right. And Carolina is just behind. I mean, Clemson, but you've got Clemson, Notre Dame, North Carolina in that mix, and then Miami right there as well. But that, yeah, that would be a great matchup with Vodtech for Vodtech. Yeah. And I knew, never went to a football game with my oldest son, but I'm going. I've got tickets to go see Duke and Virginia Tech. Okay. So I'll see. Okay. I'll see Jamie on Franklin. Yeah, right, there you North go. North Caroline grad. So are you going to get an interview before the game? Possibly. You're going to have to work that out yeah. with the SID. That yeah. would be a great opportunity. Yeah. There's a, there's your podcast right there. Yeah. Bring your laptop and have at it. And, uh, yeah. you know, so, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to get the opportunity to knock two games and two stadiums that yeah. I've always wanted to do off my bucket list this yeah. year. Um, now, granted, I'm paying for it. Yeah. You know, there's yeah. no doubt about but, it. Well, I mean, the difference. Now, look, I know Alabama and Von Tech are, are, are miles away in terms of programs, but still, Von Tech's in a power five conference and all that has a fair amount of history i'm i'm shocked at the spread of prices there between what your daughter had to pay and what your son had to pay though well you know it's That's funny because uh, like for the StubHub tickets that i bought for uh alabama yeah. three tickets 350 bucks so the virginia tech duke game 
I bought them already. Mm-hmm. It's $170 for two tickets. Yeah. So, and my oldest is flying back in to, to go. Nice. And, and nice. I'll couple that with a uh, with a, a show, a Billy String show, the Friday night before. Packing it in. Yeah, That's packing good. it in. So, you know, be the 12th or the 13th. But that weekend, so I'm already off. Um, and we'll have Mike Bradley on the call. Yeah. Uh, I, on the game. Right? I, we, we talked about this, and it's something that I haven't done a lot of, but I look forward to. I, I've usually done, of course, the color commentary. Sure. And I still remember the game that we did on a Friday night. It was Carolina Bennett uh, that I did. You and I haven't done a whole lot together in the booth, but right. that was one of them. But, yeah, to, to do play-by-play, that's going to be really cool. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. And, yeah. and, of course, Matt Griffin's still with us as well. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's it, it is it's an exciting time for me and my family but at the same time i'll miss my kids but i'm looking forward to to going to see them and if i can afford to go see them more often you know my, my son i don't know after all that you're, you're, you're gonna have to do some work and grind to build up the bank account i know my son's already asked hey you ought to come down to to see north carolina and and virginia tech on the third i'm right. looking forward to that i said buddy that's opening week yeah. i can't skip opening yeah. week yeah we'll <laughs> see and that's the issue yeah that's the issue now your kids are in college and they go to 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 power five uh football conference schools and that's that's tough and i know with doing maryland football i love being able to do you know the network pregame and postgame and all that goes with it and to work with Johnny Holiday. But the one thing I miss out, to your point, I have rarely been to a college football game before. In fact, I think the only college football game I went to was Maryland and East Carolina in the Military Bowl in Ralph Regions last year in 2010, I think it was, 09 or 2010. Mark, that's the only college game that I've that I've been to, wow. um, you know, as a fan. Right. Now I did go to the Maryland games a couple of years ago, and I was in the press box for those. So, uh, but as a fan, yeah, I, I really have not gotten to experience that, and I'd love to go to some of those places. Obviously, the big house, being a big Michigan fan, I am, and maybe I can fit it in during the bye week. I don't know. We'll see. Why don't we talk college football when we come back? Okay. That's next, right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by Preston Automotive Group. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by For All Seasons Behavioral Health and Rape Crisis Center, providing outpatient mental health, psychiatric, education, and rape crisis services to the English and Spanish speaking communities, regardless of one's ability to pay. More info at ForAllSeasonsInc.org. Boy, we've been all over the place today so far, but that's okay. Uh, I want I want to talk to you. You start talking about Maryland there, and you'll be missing a couple of Friday nights on Overtime Live because of Maryland, and uh, you do their pregame and midgame and and postgame yeah. stuff on one hundred five seven The Fan and well their entire Maryland football network. Right, right, and that's it's pretty cool. Yeah, pre and post game, but I do scoreboard updates, halftime show as right. well. So, so yeah, very yeah. busy guy um, yeah. for that. And for those that listen, yeah, he's Mike Bradley on the shore to us. But over there, in case you're listening, it's Michael Popovic. <laughs> All right, just you know, just, very good. You got it. You. Yeah. You're darn right. I know. Yeah. I write your check every week. I know how to spell your name. But uh, yeah. Yeah, I want to talk a little bit about college football. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, the season starts, uh, I think, about August 28th is when games start. Week zero, yeah. as they as they call it. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And, and actually, this is going to be the 152nd season of college football. So when you look at the changes that have taken place just in this offseason, um, you know, 
the the players being able to profit off of mm. their likenesses. Yeah. You know, the Alabama quarterback who, keep in mind, he hasn't even really played a full game yet. Right, right. And he's got a million-dollar deal. Am I wrong in thinking that this is really going to – they used to try and level the playing field. This is going to make it mountainous for the haves and the have-nots because now a kid can say, I, hey, I'm I'm speaking on behalf of Preston Ford, and Preston Ford gives him a million dollars, whereas the girl's soccer player is speaking on behalf of Preston Ford, and she gets $5,000. Right. Well, I, I think from that vantage point, I'll say it has opened up doors for female athletes that may not, well, that, look, all athletes didn't get anything from name, image, likeness. I actually think, though, the fact that they're getting something and that you've got companies reaching out to them, I think that's great because initially you're thinking, right, you're thinking just football and basketball, both on the men's side and those elite players getting the getting the money, getting the attention uh, from NIL. But there are female athletes that are being addressed as well and are being sought after. So that's a great thing. But, yes, to your point, though, it's still the same old, same old. The elite programs that have the big boosters and the connections to alumni who have businesses and all that, they will continue to do extremely well because they can essentially pay these players through means of, hey, endorse my company or I'll buy 50,000 t-shirts of your face on it off your website now and look at all the money. So it, it's yeah. still the same old, same old. The Alabamas of the world, et cetera, hey, they're still hey, going to do hey, well. Hey, don't so. knock Alabama here. I just said hey, they're the elite of the bunch. They're going to continue to prosper. And you're right. The schools that are, are at the bottom that don't have the players with quite that recognition, they're not going to make that kind of money. I mean, let's face yeah. it. We all know that for years and years and years, college athletes have been paid. Okay. Yes, they, they've correct. been paid by boosters. Yes, no matter what, I, I've talked to several that are around in this area right. that told me about the days where they would get their palms greased. Sure, all right, sure, it's happened for years, and it's not going to change because you still have high school seniors that are recruited by colleges to initially get them in. So that's not going to change there. Now, it's once they're in, it. right? Now, once they're in, then they can make money legally through NIL, but. They still have to get into college, and you're still going to have those colleges competing uh, with each other for those players. And, and I think you'll have colleges with the boosters saying, hey, if, if you come here, then you're going to get this. Correct. And, and mom won't have to drive around in her jalopy anymore. Right. You so know, it, it, it makes it essentially legal when it, when it wasn't yeah. before. Yeah. I mean, that's what's happening. Yeah. But I, I don't think the changes in the have or have nots, th- this gives the players – more of an ability and legally to make money. But I don't think anything changes between those upper echelon programs, those in the middle, and those at the bottom. And the same thing with the players. Yeah, the quarterback, the wide receiver, the running back, they're going to get the attention of the most money. The backup safety or the third-string quarterback isn't going to get that. And that's, But, again, that's the way it is. Is this a good thing for college football? I mean, I think not. For college sports, period. I mean, they're already getting a free education in a lot of cases right, okay right. they're getting a free education they don't have to pay you know they're not getting the forty thousand dollar bill that i just got per college well right? they're getting that for free i would say that 
in a situation, and the, the, the Alabama quarterback, we haven't seen that be the case with all quarterbacks among all the Power 5 schools. But in his case, i got to be honest, you're making that much money, you ought to pay for your scholarship at that point and let somebody else get that. Now, how that would go down, you'd have to see, but I'm with you on that. I, look, there are some positives to this, I think, from an athlete who doesn't necessarily have the major star recognition but has some name recognition and say they're able to start a business from it and they get the experience of being an entrepreneur. I think that, and that's something that you want kids to learn in college and get a taste of the quote-unquote real world. I think that's a scenario where that's not a bad thing, but I do get concerned that you're going to have some players that now their focus may be away from what they're there to do, and that is play sports but also get an education. And I think the number you have to look at is 2%. It's still the case that only 2% of these athletes make the pros. And we're thinking primarily football and basketball, NFL, NBA. So with that, Mark, okay, even if you're making some money in college, at the end of the day – 98% of those athletes are going to need to get a job outside of athletics once they graduate college. So having that education is still paramount. Great. If they have some bucks in their pocket to help them start their life, that's not necessarily a bad thing. But, look, there are pros and cons to this, Mark, no question about it. It does seem crazy, though, that a college athlete all of a sudden is making a million bucks or could make up to a million dollars. It seems crazy, but... Um, you know, that's where we're at today, and I just hope that it can be managed where it doesn't overwhelm these players and doesn't um, – the, the negatives of this don't end up outweighing the, the positives. You can send your comments to us at uh, mark at shoresportsmd.com or mike at shoresportsmd.com, or you can send it to us on Facebook, on the Shore Sports MD Facebook page or Twitter or, or Instagram, whatever the case may be. If you have a comment on this, I'd be curious to hear what, what our listeners think uh, about that because it, it is – you know, you bring up a good point. If you're making a million dollars, I know that I have to report any scholarships that my kids got. Mm-hmm. So when I report that, the school, the the university reserves the right to change their funding for any grants that they, the kids were offered. Right. And so, you know, if that's the case at Virginia Tech in particular, you know, I report a small scholarship. I haven't seen whether they're adjusting his grant money. But if a kid's getting paid while he's playing sports, I I think that takes away from his scholarship as as well. What they're going to say, though, is that the school isn't actually paying them to do it. Right. You know, but indirectly they are directly by the school. They're not. But I do think there are some things to take a look at that. Well, if you're making all that money, maybe you should pay your scholarship or help pay someone else's scholarship with that money. And look, I understand the money that these kids bring into the universities. But at the same time, okay, they're getting top notch uh, education. They're getting top-notch uh, me- uh, nutrition and meals and access to uh, to weight rooms and stadiums and opportunities, too, um, to be able to, when you graduate, connect with boosters, connect with alumni who can help you get jobs and connect you. I mean, there, there's a lot to it. I think people downplay the education standpoint and the connections you make, and that can't be. Again, 98% of these folks are not going to play pro sports. So, 
there still needs to be the emphasis that the college you pick better be one that you like it there, you like the atmosphere, you like what they're about, and that they can offer you the kind of education that you'll need to go to the next level. And look, even the NFL, average career, three years. So we can talk all this money we went in college, but at some point you're going to be out on your own and it's going to be up to you. Okay, sports is over with. Now what are you going to do? And I think that's something that hopefully enough educators, parents, guidance counselors, coaches are in their ears saying, at some point this will come to an end. So be prepared for that. I just think it's going to affect the, the you know these kids that – you know they're going to be pulled when they're getting recruited by multiple schools. Right. You know I, I'm thinking the boosters are going to come into play here as to, you know, hey, you can come to work at this guy. But and, they already and, do though. Yeah. I think. But that's already the case now. But but I think it's even going to be elevated even more now because they can make money and basically do it legally. Yeah, well, according to the new rules, and that's that's true. But I mean, a lot of that goes on now. It's enhanced. It really, the only difference to me is it's, it's enhanced and it's legal. But it, it goes on now anyway. And people so. talk about you know that, how much money the student athletes bring in for the universities with basically football and men's basketball. They're the two biggest attended you know college sporting events. Right, and football so, by far makes more even more than basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But the thing to remember is that money is what the athletic department uses to pay the other sports. Right, that don't that that lose money. Right. And it, they also go to help pay for academic buildings and other right. Look, you look at a Miami. Miami got built up because of that football program in the right. 80s and early 90s right. and 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 even in the early 2000s. I mean, Miami's drastically different from even when Brooke went there back in 98 to 02. Um so, you know, football, I mean sports especially football and basketball, they're the front porch to these schools, getting back to that whole thing that you could talk Notre Dame, Notre Dame football. They're a great yeah. academic institution. Yeah. What do you think? You think football. You think Michigan. Yeah. You think football. Yeah. You know? yeah. And, yeah. and there's uh, they keep building more buildings on these college campuses. <laughs> do they so. ever? Well, go to Maryland. It's a hell of I mean, a Maryland has so much construction going on there. It was already big to begin with. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, this is Time Out with Shore Sports. We'll take a timeout presented by Preston Ford. We'll be right back. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by Midshore Exteriors. Handling your roofing, siding, and gutter needs across the shore. Every detail matters, so let the Master Elite, GAF certified, and Shingle Master Roofers take care of your home or business today. More info at midshoreexteriors.com. All right, welcome back, and we're talking college football right now. This is this is Mike's uh, forte. Yeah, you're you're a big college football fan. I, well, I like football at all levels, yeah. but yeah, college and high school, I probably like more than the average football fan. That's probably more geared toward the NFL. Right. Yeah. 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 So when you take a look at things that are going on across the college landscape, you know, it's it's been Alabama, Clemson, Ohio State, uh, Georgia, LSU. Yeah, yeah. You know, and they, they've been there. Mm-hmm. LSU kind of fell off a little bit in, in the uh, Well, last the, year they last did. Year, oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Yep. Um, you know, but when you look at North Carolina comes in, I mentioned earlier, ranked mm-hmm. number eight this year so far. Um, you know, I mean, there are some teams. Army, I think, is in the top 25. Yeah, I mean, depending on where you look, I'm looking at Sporting News top 25. Yeah, Army's at uh, number 24. Coastal Carolina at number 23. Wow. Now, Coastal Carolina came out of nowhere. 
Right. You know, you see some schools these but days that's Beamer, that well, I think is there. The head coach at uh, Coastal Carolina. His his son. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I know his son was at. I believe East Carolina at one point as well. Or no, no, that's Skip Holtz. Excuse me. So yep. Uh, But you know, Coastal Carolina coming out of nowhere. But well, uh, the the big news somewhat recently is the uh, situation with Texas and Oklahoma uh, wanting to go to the SEC. They've already announced that uh, they want to relinquish the rights at the end of the contract, which right now with the Big Twelve is twenty twenty five. Uh, with that, but that could lead to super conferences as we know. And Texas A&M has a real beef about, well, wait a minute, we want to be the only SEC team in Texas, and that's why we made the move. And supposedly there was a gentleman's agreement that if the situation like that popped up where another school wanted to join the conference, but there was already a school within that state that was in the conference, that if that school said, no, no, we're not, no, I don't want this, then the conference would say, okay, we're not going to have this happen. But I don't believe for a second that with both Texas and Oklahoma that this thing won't ultimately uh, get done. And then that leads probably to the Big 12 uh, dissolving and Wow. Teams going all over the place. Uh, you know, there's talk about Iowa State going to the Big Ten, Oklahoma State going to the Pac-12, uh, Baylor, and a couple of other schools maybe going to uh, the All-American Conference, the AAC, I believe it is. And so it's it's just it'll be pandemonium again. And you know, there's even talk about maybe Texas going independent if they don't get into the SEC. Could the ACC court Texas? That seems an odd combination. Does West Virginia go to the ACC where there are a number of old biggie schools there? And even though Notre Dame plays a partial ACC schedule, I said on my show on the fan recently in Baltimore, I'm not so sure behind the scenes the Big Ten isn't saying, look, if this happens the way we, we think it will, we want to grab Iowa State and we want to grab Notre Dame and we'll tell Notre Dame that, yes, you can keep your NBC contract until through 2025 and then we'll revisit it and we'll maybe even allow you to keep some of that deal. But obviously the Big Ten Network and our deals with ESPN and Fox, they got to get some love and money too because otherwise then it doesn't make sense to bring them in. But Notre Dame probably should be a Big Ten conference team. Do you see Maryland ever coming back to the ACC? Well, I, you never say never. I, I, right now, I, I don't think so. They're too early in at the end of the day with that and, and the money and the situation and the way that they've geared because now you know, you've got to gear all your programs to the conference and to the style of play and to uh, recruiting areas that you didn't before. And I, I don't see that happening anytime soon. I don't. And I, look, I've said this. I think there are two misconceptions about Maryland, the ACC. They did not leave the ACC out of greed just to make more money. That a athletic program, without me going into detail as to why, went broke. They were literally broke, and they needed a huge surge, uh, fluctuation of. Or excuse me. Uh, or, trying to think of the word but uh in infusion of cash there we go they need a big infusion of cash uh, they could make a lot more money with the big 10 and they also like the big 10's academic standings and one of the associations that they're a part of and how they value academics so that's why they did it i also argue all the time mark the acc left the big 10 or excuse me the acc left maryland before maryland left the big 10 when you add in Pitt and Syracuse and Louisville and partially Notre Dame and Boston College and you know now Vatech's been there the longest and regionally of all the schools that joined the ACC I have the least issue with Vatech being in there because it makes sense from a geographic standpoint but 
ACC is not the way we remember it back in the day. And the fact that the home-and-home started to go away in basketball and they were trying to make Pitt Maryland's rival in basketball, this isn't the AFC North with Ravens-Steelers. It just, to me... Um, as much as I hated to see Maryland leave from a basketball perspective and even to a soccer and lacrosse perspective, going to the Big Ten football-wise, I loved it. And from a basketball standpoint, I think the Big Ten's been underrated for many years. It's not the ACC, but it's still pretty darn good. So I wasn't uh, as uh, up in arms as, as some folks were. Do we see the landscape of college football changing this year with the schools that have always been on top are we expecting the same this year? Yeah, I think we are. And one of the big things, and Mark, you know this being a coach yourself, is that the biggest difference in Clemson, Alabama, LSU, Georgia, okay, skilled players can be found pretty much all across the country at every institution. A lot of times it comes down to the depth on the interior lines, on the lines. And what Alabama and Clemson have, they've got offensive and defensive lines that go extremely deep. And that's huge for these programs. Um, and look, they yeah, they get the best of the best skill guys too, but there are a lot more of them. Offensive and defensive linemen, pass rushers, you know, elite tackles, they're much tougher to come by. And these schools, they not only have some, they've got a lot of them. And that's one of the big disparities between those schools and the rest of uh, the country. And look, those schools too. Look, SEC football, as you know, is religion. And these schools at the top market, all starts at the top, they are so um, invested in success with the football programs and titles and national championships that the coaches have carte blanche to do whatever they need to do to run a successful program and get kids in. Not every program could say that. Notre Dame's a great example. Brian Kelly's done a nice job there over the last couple of years. He kind of changed the way his style of coaching and, and what he needed to do within the program. He's gotten a few CFPs as an independent. But with Notre Dame, what happens? They get their their doors blown off against Clemson's or uh, Alabama's. Why? Because they're an academic institution. And Brian Kelly does not have carte blanche to bring in anybody he wants to at Notre Dame. They've got academic standards, and academics mean as much as football does at Notre Dame, surprisingly enough. And so that's where you get, yeah, they're about as far as they're ever going to go unless the administration does a 180 and says, okay, we'll drop our standards and let some more kids come in. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, timeout with Shore Sports. We'll continue the college football conversation when we come back right here with Timeout with Shore Sports, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. I want to take a moment to tell you about Hook Optic Sunglasses. They offer vision without limits using the latest technology in their Thermoforce polarized triple threat lenses. They repel sweat, water, oil, dirt, and sunscreen, plus they're scratch and smudge resistant. I used to wear those other popular brands, but I've switched to Hook because of the look, the feel, the quality, and the price. Stop by an optical galleria in the Teal Marsh Plaza in West Ocean City, West Water Street in downtown Centerville, or on Harrison Street in Easton to try on a pair or go to hookoptics.com. You'll be glad you did. Mark Potter, Mike Bradley, and uh, talking college football. We haven't done this. This this is not, good. Not since uh, the Sunday sports page yeah, on the old WEMD uh, on Sunday mornings. And you perked up. Yeah. I mean, big yeah. time. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah this is my wheel. I, so I do. Yeah, but I do love college football. I'm going to throw you for a yeah. loop for a second. All right. All right. We got a couple of, uh, we have a local school that's very good 
in D3 college football. Yeah. Uh, Salisbury University. Right. right. Um, you know, Sherman Wood down there does a great job with his program. And then also, Frostburg left D3. They did. And they went D2. They and did. they've been pretty you know, impressive. Mm-hmm. Uh, in fact, uh, uh, Matt Griffith, our, our color commentator for Overtime Live, uh, his son plays for uh, Frostburg. Mm-hmm. He, he's a starting uh, offensive lineman. Zach Strand, a starting linebacker for them. They both took advantage of that extra year uh, to play college football right. uh, again here in the fall. Uh, but there's a lot of kids from the shore mm-hmm. that go to Frostburg to yes. play. Yes, yes, and, yes and they're yeah. very impressive out there. And it's funny with college football, Mark, you think D1 and D3. I couldn't name you one D2 school. Up until Frostburg joined D two, right. but but you're right, and you think D one two D one D one two A and D three D two it doesn't get the notoriety that it should. But to your point, though, yeah, Frostburg did a really nice job because they were in the doldrums, and then they got themselves up and now right there in D two. But you're right, uh, the Shores had a lot of players that have helped contribute to the success there at Frostburg over the last couple of years, and it's great to see those guys in state and not too far away and making contributions. And you're right with Salisbury as well. I mean. Salisbury over the last 20 years has really done themselves well and it's unfortunate that Wesley College got absorbed by Delaware State and the cost to have two athletic programs is just too much you know for them uh, and, and that's a, a whole different story but uh, yeah right here on the shore SU um, is certainly one of the uh, better programs in D3 and then right Frostburg with D2 and, and even Bowie State um, over in uh, the western shore uh, they've had themselves some pretty good programs at times in, in uh, the division that they play in. Absolutely. Which I think is, is at JUCO, I believe. It's JUCO for Bowie State, I believe. Yeah. yeah. Oh, is it? Okay. I, I think. I think. Hmm. i have to double yeah, check that. Bowie State's, a, they're, they're a, a, a regular program as well. All right. Well, then, yeah. I, then I stand corrected. Yeah. I'm not sure yeah, what, no, what not where they play. So, okay. But uh, Frostburg opens their season on uh, the second of Thursday night at Kentucky Westland, which is pretty cool that they're going to be traveling West Virginia, Kentucky, Ohio. They play at Notre Dame, Ohio. I didn't know that Notre Dame did have an Ohio. I, I didn't. I didn't know that either. Okay, so Bowie State's division two as well. Yeah. Okay, so there you go. So I said, okay, so now I know two teams, and they've also had some good teams. But that's pretty cool yeah. for uh, uh, for Frostburg. Yeah. Absolutely, so yeah. good stuff. Talking college football. Uh, before we wrap up on that part of it, you anything else you want to add from college football? Well, uh, just taking a look this year. I mean, yeah, you've got the the top of the tops that that are going to be right there, as you know, Alabama. LSU, mm-hmm. Clemson, those kind of teams. You know, North Carolina's a team that we talked about that's going to be interesting. Uh, Miami ought to have themselves a pretty good year as well. Does Loxley um, get yeah. Maryland turned around? So I think that Maryland has the opportunity to be a program that can be a 6-6, six and 7-5 six, and five team on a fairly consistent basis. I really do. He's an excellent recruiter. It's a big market. They've got the facilities now. The facility they have, the old Coalfield House, is huge. Um, look, it's always going to be an uphill battle, though, Mark. No question. But what yeah. does 6-6 six and six or 7-5, and five, what's that get you? doesn't get you, you. You get into one of the smaller bowls. Is that enough? Not necessarily. I mean, I and I think that they can sprinkle in some eight and four years as well. Well, I, I think you have to take a look at at every school. Okay, what what's the ceiling there, and what does the administration want to accomplish, and what's realistic? I think at the end of the day, is it realistic that Maryland in the East Division can go 
eight and four, nine and three every year? No, because look at Indiana. There's an academic school with a basketball background, much like Maryland, and they're they're well ahead of Maryland. I mean, they're where Maryland wants to get to. But you look at Graciano at Rutgers, going to be highly competitive. Penn State's always knocking on your door there. It's just not realistic. But seven and five, six and six, and occasional eight and four on a consistent basis for Maryland, Mark. I, I think you would take that given the fact that Maryland's had periods of time where they've been really good, but in between those periods of time, they've not been so good. So to get to that level at a Power 5, Big Ten Conference school in a tough East division, yeah, I'd, I'd take 6-6, six and 7-5. Six, and five. And again, the administration, their commitment to um, the football program, the basketball program, it's there, but it's not there the way that other programs have it. They care about academics a lot, and there's still, to this day, the ghost of Len Bias hovering over. So, And I know what happened with Jordan McNair, and that was a very unfortunate situation with Durkin and such, But and that lingers as well. They're very cautious about how much they push the envelope in their athletic programs. So, again, I think realistic is what you have to uh, consider what's realistic success at Maryland. This portion of the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast is brought to you by College Placement Consulting, providing invaluable college planning and high school guidance from sophomore through senior year. Let the dedicated professionals at College Placement Consulting help your child prepare for college. Go online to schedule a no-obligation appointment now at collegeplacementconsulting.com. Welcome back. Time out with Shore Sports presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Mark Potter here and Nash Ireland, the athletic director from North Carolina High School, joining us now. And uh, coach, I say coach because you're also the golf coach. So that's right. <laughs> I, I would imagine you guys are pretty busy right now getting ready for the fall sports season with the fall sports starting tomorrow. Yep, we're um, we're, we're getting rolling here. We've been um, spending a lot of time this summer trying to get as prepared as we can, um, and we're excited to uh, hopefully have as normal of a season as we can and a whole lot more normal than it was last year. A lot of numbers across the entire conference were down last year for all the sports. Uh, with the summer participation, with the you know weightlifting and conditioning and such, have the coaches seen an uptick in participation, or are we expecting numbers to still be down? I'm seeing a little bit of both. Um, I don't know that our numbers will be down as far as they were last year. Um, I'm, I'm not seeing you know a big influx, but I think we're going to have pretty good numbers. Um, it'll be more than it was last year, maybe not quite as much as we were expecting, but I think we were, we're expecting a pretty good turnout of kids. Talking with Nash Ireland, athletic director at North Carolina High School. So I, I know that we're in a situation right now with the Delta variant and, you know, the, the rising cases of COVID. But as of right now, what are practices going to look like for students as far as mask wearing and such like that? Um, at the moment, we're, you know, we're, we're following all the guidance of, you know, Caroline County Public Schools, um, taking whatever they, they deem to be fit to do what we do. But um, as of right now, we're kind of moving forward with a, a as normal as we can. Um, I've kind of been telling coaches prepare for a normal season. You know, we're looking to have our regular practices. We're, you know, looking to be indoors for sports that are indoors. And, um, you know, barring any changes, we're, we're looking for a pretty normal year. 
Let's talk about the financial impact of what COVID did last year. I know all of the schools rely on that gated mission for especially your football games, but also the uh, the basketball and the soccer games and the lacrosse games when they're held inside yep. the stadium. Uh, last year, you didn't get any of that. And, you know, so this year, I would imagine you guys are, uh, like us, looking forward to getting the football season started on September 3rd. Uh, absolutely. You know, um, last, last year was hard. It was a struggle. Um, but we're, we're really excited to, you know, be able to have sports back where, you know, we're, 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 we'll, we'll get through it. We, we managed through it last year and, um, we're, we're excited to have fans back out. And, um, like I said, we're just hoping to have a, have a normal year. So. Well, we are here to tell you that uh, it is now official starting on Friday, September 3rd. Uh, the Queen Anne's at North Carolina will be our Preston Ford Game of the Week presented by Overtime Live and also sponsored by For All Seasons and our friends at Best Western Plus Easton. So looking forward to getting back in the booth because in the, uh, what was it, in the uh, fall last year, or no, the spring Man, it was winter time when we broadcast from the stands over there. Yeah, I, I uh, vividly remember you uh, freezing a little bit over yeah. at the visitors' stands one game there. Yeah. <laughs> you were right. Uh, you were right in the wind. Yes, we were, and it was. Uh, it, I was frozen stiff for a couple of days, but uh, uh, we're looking forward to getting back in, over to North Carolina High School uh, to broadcast the season opening game on the third. Uh, yeah, I tell you, this is going to be an exciting time. Are you are you hearing from the other uh, the school systems from across the Bayside that everybody's kind of going to be operating the same way as you all are there in Caroline County? Uh, so far, I think so. You know, as a as a Bayside, we usually try and stick together with stuff. And, um, yeah, everything I'm hearing is, you know, we're, we're scheduling scrimmages. We're scheduling games. We're, we're all excited to play each other. We're 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 ready to go so we're just we're looking forward to it full steam ahead for all of the schools across the bayside practices again start tomorrow the 11th of august and uh, nash i want to thank you for taking the time to uh, join us here this morning do we have any predictions from you as to how any of the sports teams at uh, north carolina are going to fare this year you know we're going to see what happens um you know we had a lot of teams that you know unprecedented season last year do really well you know our football team had had a had a good season even with a little shutdown in there um our boys soccer team showed a lot of growth and promise um you know we're we're excited to we're excited to see what all of our teams can do but we have a great feeling we've got a good group of coaches um you know very talented kids that are willing to work hard that i think are excited to come out to a normal year and we're, we're ready to see what happens so and good to get the kids back on the fields. Good luck this season. Right. Thanks for joining us. Yep, thanks, Mark. Man, I tell you, episode number six has been a good one. Yeah, yeah. a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. talking talk all sorts of sports, and that's what you can get from us here uh, at the Time Out with Shore Sports and uh, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Thanks to all of our sponsors. Mm-hmm. I do appreciate sure. uh, all of our sponsors. Team effort. Yeah, absolutely. And don't forget, share this podcast. Uh, you know, uh, just make sure that uh, you share. Share, share, share. Or get the word out. We need yeah. that. All, as many platforms as possible, as many people, and social media reshares, well, or shares, I should say, we'll take it. Absolutely, we need it. Looking forward to next week and seeing what we come up with there. 
Oh, I'm sure we'll figure out something. And, and <laughs> the nice thing is, is practices will have already begun. Right. So right. good luck to all the student athletes. Yeah. Be careful. All right. Go take it easy. Yeah, drink plenty of liquids. That's yeah. the biggest thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Put know, on the sunscreen too a little yeah, bit. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Don't get burned. McCormick, make sure you put that sunscreen on. Yeah. Right? Well, he's got, he's got the uh, he's got the uh, he's uh, a ginger. Yeah, he is. But does he wear a big cap? I'm trying a straw a straw cap or something. Well, he, yeah, he wears a floppy. Floppy. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, but yeah. uh, you know, put 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 sunscreen on. Yeah. McCormick, we don't we don't need you. You know, turning into the great red Houdini or nothing. <laughs> so, but uh, no, it is. Uh, uh, we appreciate everybody taking the time to to you know, listen to us again this week. If you've got ideas, something you want to hear us talk about, send them to us. Uh, the Mike at ShoresportsMD.com or Mark at ShoresportsMD.com. You can also reach out to us on all of our social media pages. They are all there. And uh, another episode in the books, episode number six. You know, I listened to Dale Jr.'s download. They're like on 359. I'm like, hell, that's a lot of episodes. Yeah, yeah <laughs> so, but look at us already, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, just a few months ago, this was still in the stages of oh, getting it off the ground, and yeah. here we're already through six. Yeah, so, absolutely. That's good. We're rolling. So until next week, my friends, for Mike Bradley, Nash Ireland, thanks to him for stopping by. I'm Mark Potter. We'll see you next Tuesday morning right here on Time Out with Shore Sports, presented by Preston Ford. <laughs> You've been listening to the Time Out with Shore Sports podcast with Mark Potter and Mike Bradley, presented by the Preston Automotive Group. Look for another timeout soon here on ShoresportsMD.com.